0: You're listening to Keep the Main Thing, the Main Thing podcast. To learn more, visit thepineschurch.com. Good morning, good morning. You guys hear me okay? All right, all right. Yeah, I know. If I would have known that, I would have probably actually brought a skateboard and <laughs> popped in here, and I, I, uh, I, I, you know what, though, on a serious note, Pastor Matt really does, I think God has given him a gift. To cultivate honor. And he really understands what honor is, you know, and you hear it in his words, but you also see it in his actions. You know, you, you, hear, you, you hear it from his mouth, but you see it with his hands and feet. And uh, so I just, I want to give honor back to Pastor Matt and to Pastor Jess and to the church family and to all of you. And um, thank you so much, you know, for clapping. It was like when I was in high school and, and the teacher would call me up to class or up to the front of the room it was usually because I was in trouble. And so I'd get the slow clap like, oh, here he goes. Here's that knucklehead Jake going to the front of the room again. So God, but that's, isn't that so awesome? That's what God is doing in our lives is he's taking us from the tail and making us the head. And, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a, a, a bad place to be as long as we submit our lives to Jesus and always remember that he's the King of Kings and that he is the one that is the author and the finisher of our life. And um, yeah, so thank you for that. Um, yeah, we're going to get into the Word today. Um, last time I preached, if any of you all got, got to hear it, uh, I was, I was kind of geared up really high for that message. It was, a, it was a message that I had been holding in for a really long time. Um, I had wanted to share it for a while, and so I was pretty amped up about it. And I'm excited about this message, um, but this message, you know, I just felt like the Lord give me a, a Word that was... Um, concrete, but it was going to be a simple word, but it was going to be something that's going to bear much fruit. I'm praying and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking it in faith, hoping that it bears much fruit, um, and so if you just open your hearts to the Holy Spirit, we're going to invite him in. I want to make sure that God gets all the glory for this message. I want to make sure that Jesus gets the glory for this message, so Father God, as we enter into your word, Lord, as we begin to open our hearts, as we begin to dive into your truth, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead us into all truth, that you would reveal to us the mysteries of your word, the practicalities of your word, Lord. This, and, and, and Lord, that we wouldn't just hydroplane across the surface of your word, Lord, but we'd be able to dive deep, Father. I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of us, Lord, and the lives of those around us, Father. And I praise you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Praise God. Okay. So, we're going to hop into Luke 24, 13 through 34, and I'm going to be honest, Ty messaged me in the middle of the week, and he's like, hey, no rush, get your slides to me if you've got them, no biggie, uh, just let me know if you got them, and I said, Ty, I'll let you know if I have any slides, come Saturday, I said, Ty, I don't have any slides for you, man, I said, but I got the Bible, so I think... Uh, the road forward is going to be our sermon for today. And it's, it's the, uh, to give you a little background of it, Jesus had just been crucified. He had been tied up to the cross, nailed to the cross. He endured the cross. The disciples saw it. The people around him saw it. They witnessed it. Prior to that, disciples were walking with Jesus. And Jesus was speaking the truth to them and the word of God to them. People around them would listen. There'd be echoes of who he was and what he was doing. And so Jesus is revealed in his written word prior to him showing up who he was. He shows up on the earth. He lives a life. And after 33 years, he's nailed to a cross and he's crucified. And we get to this point in the story here in Luke 24, 13 through 34, the road to Emmaus. And so Jesus has already been in the tomb. And we know reading our Bibles that, that Jesus was resurrected, right? We know that that, uh, that rock was rolled in front of the tomb door. And they said, there's no way this guy's getting out of here. If he faked his death, you know, and then we're going to seal it shut and put guards because we know what these disciples are going to do. They're going to make up a story and et cetera, et cetera. And yet an angel comes, right? And the disciples, um, the, the women run to the tomb that morning and they say, oh my goodness, his body's gone. And an angel appears and explains to them what has just happened. And so Jesus is even revealing his story to them after he's gone. And so we get to a point here where there's two disciples, and a little bit about their story is that there's not much to, that we know about them other than this is the first time we've seen them in, in, the, in the account of the Gospels, and Luke is the only place in the Gospels that they've written about these two disciples. One doesn't have a name, and, and because I don't even remember it because it's only been spoken in this instance, uh, we'll see that the other is given a name, and you, you don't hear, um, bear with me here, you don't hear about it until uh, we get here. So I'll begin reading. So I wanted to give you a little background to build in let me fix this here. I was telling Marcel, I said, Marcel, whenever I get on stage, I always, like, you know, you, you ever get speakers that are so comfortable, they'll like, they'll pick this thing up and walk around and and preach with it. Like, I was like, man, every time I get up there, like, I was like, I like to have everything organized. I was like, because I get up here, and I feel like I'm fumbling around. And sure enough, I thought I had it all together. And, uh, but you know what? Thank God we're here in a room full of of people with grace. So, all right. Make sure I don't slip on that. Make, you can see a banana peel fall out of my pocket next. <laughs> okay. So the road to Emmaus. All right, all right. So it says that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. So these disciples are on the road, and it starts out just saying, hey, they were, they were talking about what had happened with the crucifixion. You know, they, were, they were just kind of you know, going over the account of everything. And it says, while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? So Jesus shows up and he says, hey, you know, what are you guys talking about? And when I was reading that, I was thinking of my, ki- I immediately was like, Lord, that reminds me of my kids. I'll be in the living room watching these two kids in the, in the bedroom play. And uh, they'll be talking and they'll be doing their thing. And I'll see them griping and grumbling. And, you know, as a parent, you walk in, and you're like, hey, what are you all up to in there? And you already know as a parent, you know what they're up to. And, you, and, you know, you get that look they're like nothing. You know, and you're like, okay, okay. So we see Jesus coming in and we know that, you know, at this point, Jesus is resurrected. They don't know that Jesus is resurrected. They don't even recognize Jesus, but he comes in and he asks a question, you know, and he says, what, what is it that you're talking about? And I think there's a good point to that. And we'll, we'll get into that. And he says, and they stood still looking sad. So we see the story go a little bit deeper. So now we know they're not just talking, but they're looking sad. And so there's something that had just happened, right? They're, they're discussing this event, you know, Jesus has been crucified. And as you know, the account of the cross, it was gruesome. It was disgusting. It was horrible to watch. As beautiful as it was from an eternal specter, from a human perspective, it was, it was absolutely a disgusting scene to see, to see somebody nailed to a cross and to, to have their body just beaten, you know, and, and bleeding. And so they're, they're upset. And so I think sad is a really light way of putting it and they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas, that's the name right there, Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? You know, and again, back to the parents, kids are like, you know, and you're like, hey, what's going on here? And the the kids are like, you know, no, I I don't know, I don't know, mom. And you're like, No, no, really? Tell me a little bit more about that. Knowing that you just saw, you know, your brother poke your sister in the back of the head with his fishing pole over and over and over again just to see the thing bend. Not saying it's a true story, but it might be. (laughs) So what things, and and they, and, uh, they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God. And all the people, and so they're going through what they were just talking about, and the Bible is starting to reveal what they were talking about. Jesus says, "Well, you know what? What? Uh, tell me about it. What? What things? What? What is it that you're? What's going on? Well, there was this man, and he was a prophet. He was a good man. He did mighty things. He preached sermons." No, he he did great things for people in deed and word before God. And it goes on to say, And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. So they go on to say, This great man, this prophet of God, this man that followed the word, he was killed. He was crucified. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. And so we're starting to see this perspective of what they're talking about. And when I was praying about this this word that I was going to share today, I was like, Lord, I felt like the Lord was leading me to this story and um, we would talk about it and we would go into it. And I was reading it and I had to read it over and over and over again. And I said, Lord, I'm really, what is it you're trying to get out of here? What is it you want me to share? Because anytime, you know, anytime we preach the gospel, we need to be pointing our eyes on Jesus and focusing the story and the, and the narrative back to Jesus. But also one of the things about preaching the gospel and one of the things about sharing the word of God, especially in a service in, in church, is that we, we are nourishing off the word of God and so in my heart when I came up here I was like Lord what is something that I can share that would nourish the people that are listening what is something that we can feed on the truth of your word and I just really you know felt the Lord sharing that um, just encourage the people today on their road to, uh, to life as you're on your road in your journey and every single one of us are on a road we're all going down a road you know, and we're all going somewhere and we see those two disciples, they're, they're on a road, they're, they're headed towards um, meeting the other disciples and they're walking and they're talking and they're accounting their days and each one of us are going somewhere. But we're all on this journey and we all have a perspective and we all have a way that we see things and we all have a story. We all have a way that we view life and we all have a way that we internalize things, whether they're good or they're bad. We're all carrying wounds. It it had to have been very wounding to walk with this man, to fellowship with this man, and grow in life with this man to only see him murdered on a cross. And so these two disciples are wounded. They're hurt. You know, and now they have to go back into life. They have to keep going. They have to keep moving forward. They have to keep going where they need to go. Life doesn't stop when you get hurt. Life doesn't stop when you get wounded. It just keeps going by. And even if they stood on the road, time keeps moving. You know, you can stand still. You can, you can try to slow yourself down and stop where you're at. Time keeps moving. The world keeps revolving. And there's times where the Lord will give us rest and peace in those, in those places of our life. There's times where he'll shelter us and cover us. But the but but the ultimate thing is that we keep going forward, and we see in this place that these disciples are are in a in a a place where they've been hurt and they've been wounded, but they only have a piece of the puzzle. They only they only have one perspective. And I was looking. um, I was I, I saw I was scrolling through something one day, and I saw this picture, and it showed a picture of a of a of an alleyway. And on the first picture, it showed this big buff dude looking angry, and there's this lady that's standing next to him, and she's like, "uh," and it, you know, and that's what the picture looks like, and so you're like, what is this, and so you scroll to the next one, and then it shows the guy running, you know, and and he pushes the lady out of the way, so you think, so when I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, this dude's a jerk. This guy's like angry, he's shoving people out of the way, you know, and the next picture, it shows um, a lady holding a purse, and so immediately, my mind thinks, Okay, I get it. This guy's about to rob someone, right? And, so I, and, and then it shows him running past her. And then it shows in the, in the next picture this guy over here. And he's like this because it looks like this guy's running like a train about to run into him, right? So this older man is like this, you know, and he's got one hand up and one hand forward. And so from my perspective, it looks like this big buff dude that's already done shoves some people out of the way is about to bulldoze this guy and do something really bad. And then you go to the very last picture, and it shows, I think, a gigantic piano above the old man, and it shows the big buff dude grab up the old guy in the last picture, pushes him out of the way, and the piano's on the ground. And if you're tracking with that, which is probably why I should have had slides to really show it to you, you know, like, you're like, oh, it would have been great if you would have just did that with slides, but... If you're tracking with me, you get what I'm saying is that there's a perspective that that you could see that was building a narrative. It was building a picture in your mind and in your heart. And you're starting to tell a story of what you see. And you're starting to now root against the very guy that's running. And you're starting to now you know, say to yourself, oh, my goodness, this is a bad dude. He's going to hurt this lady and that lady. And it's not until you get the final perspective that you see the whole time his mission was to get to that guy to save his life. And so we start out in this story here with the disciples, and they've got a perspective, and they're seeing things. Whether it's right or wrong, we know this is how they see it. So Jesus comes in, and he's not, he's not revealing himself in everything, right? He's, he's, he's walking them through something in his, in his wisdom and in these things that God does where, you know, when you're, it's, and he does this to us too, where when we're in life, we're on the road and we've gone through something, somebody's passed away or there's a bill that's coming up or you're just in a fight with a spouse or just troubles on the horizon and you, you are, um, seeing it your way and you're trying to get into the word of God, or you're trying to find out the answers to it. And you're asking God the question, why, why have you, why why are you not, where are you God? Where are you in all this? You know, and, and we see in this moment that the disciples are walking and Jesus is with them, but they don't know it. And in their mind, he's dead. He's long gone. So verse 21, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all that, it is now the third day since these things happened. So time's gone by, right? And now the case is being built even stronger. Three days have gone by. This guy's dead. He's gone. He was supposed to redeem Israel. He was, he was supposed to be this great leader, this great powerful warrior that comes in on a military scale and annihilates this, this evil system that we've been in and he's gone, and now three days have gone by, and we see that in our lives, right, where we go through things, and time begins to build almost like a court case against our situation, where it's just like, or it begins to now help us in our narrative, where it's like, yeah, look at all the time that's gone by, and you know, God, it just looks like I'm going through this and that, and you know, it just, I've been praying to you, I've been trying to fellowship with you, I've been hearing this and that, and there's no, there's no evidence here, God, that you're doing anything, And it goes on to say in verse 22 Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. All right. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. So they're like, Yeah, so these, these ladies came up there, and it's kind of crazy. It's really an amazing story. You know, they saw an angel. So it sounds like, you know, hey, look, they've, they're, 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 uh, they're hoping for something more. But then you read further, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see. So, you know, this Jesus guy died. These ladies ran up to the tomb to check on him and they said he wasn't there, but they didn't, they didn't see what happened. They didn't see what happened to him. They, didn't, you know, they don't know what's going on. So they're continuing to build that case. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who went with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see. And here's where Jesus hops in verse 25. And he said to them, Oh, foolish ones. Like, dang, Jesus started that one out kind of rough. Like, I don't know if that's good counseling, but uh, you know what? He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And I and I imagine when I read that that he had enough um, invested in those disciples while they were alive, and he knows it, but they don't. But perhaps he knows them well enough that he's like, I, I can give them a loving correction. And friends, I'm here to tell you that truth isn't always easy to swallow. I was in prayer today this morning uh, with Micah and Robert, and uh, we were we were talking to, and we were praying about. Um, elders in our lives, being able to be humble enough to receive word from an elder, from somebody who's got a little bit or a lot more life experience, somebody that has knowledge and books of life inside of them, somebody that has had years of walking with Jesus. And one of the things that we were praying for is that we would be humble enough that if they come to us, would we be, would we be a, a body of, of Christ and would we be men and women that could receive a correction? But I also you know, know that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, right? I mean, I don't think I've actually had a spoonful of sugar with the medicine before. Like, I, you know, uh, I've had peanut butter with sour cream and onion potato chips, but not, oh, you guys don't like that? Come on, and a big glass, and a big glass of milk? Yeah, okay. All right, we'll get, we'll get back to the scriptures. Okay, and he said to them, oh, foolish ones. But, but really, though, correction, um, G, it doesn't look like Jesus is correcting them in love, but he is. He is. And um, he says, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So now it's Jesus's turn. So they still don't recognize him, but he steps out and he's like, you guys don't get it, but I'm going to show you. And I want to push this point today. You know, I was, uh, let me say it this way. We went to a men's retreat this weekend and, uh, it was way far out there, and that's and I'm thankful for it. And by the way, y'all, we need to give it. Uh, I know, I know, not everyone was there, but for anyone that was there, and if you guys are joining, I'm gonna put you right on the spot, Chris. We need to give you a hand clap because this dude, you know what? This guy put it together. He, he did, you know, I'm going to go on a side rant real quick, but he put it, he, he really put a lot of time into creating something that we would call a relational environment. And if you're ever in the process of trying to disciple somebody or disciple people, or if you're in the process of trying to grow community, relational environments, they can be Anything that you can imagine that brings people together in a small setting. In relational environments, I'm going I'm to tell you this is, again, this is a side note. And the key to growing in, in church and in life, it could be business. You can take this anywhere. It, this is something that is powerful. You can grow to 50,000 people in your organization, but the, the, um, but the bread and butter, but the life, the essence of the heartbeat, of anything that grows in capacity is always gonna be creating a culture of family and being able to get into groups of family where when you're in the masses, there are benefits to it. There is always a benefit to corporate church. There is always power that flows through gathering together in massive numbers and there are always going to be benefits the other side of the coin coming together in small groups and coming together in intimate environments where you are not lost in the crowd we even see it with Jesus when he feeds the uh, people in the groups you'll notice that they're out in the multiple right in the number they're gathering and he takes them and he sets them in groups I know for people who like organization, they're like, oh, we, you know, that's, just, that's just very organized. I like that. It's not sloppy. But, there, but, but if you ever seek God, he always has a why to what he does. And he did that because he's bringing these people together. Why? Because God knows that one day he was going to, Jesus was going to go back and we would be left with one another. We would be filled with his Holy Spirit and it would give us communion with one another. It would give, it would give us encouragement with one another. It would, it, would be, um, it would bring us together and lead us into all truth. But Jesus knew that he needed to get the people's eyes on one another as well as him because they were going to do life together. And so that what happened this weekend was just a very special time where we were able to get to know one another. And we were able to worship God. We were able to love God. And we were able to love one another in a, in a brotherly affectionate way and throw some axes and eat steak and drink Gatorade and go fishing and just enjoy some life. And um, that rant is over. But that, but I just wanted to thank you for that, Chris. And um, so we hop back in, in here and it says, so Jesus is, you know, he corrects him and he says, In beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he's beginning to interpret to them all the scriptures of things concerning himself. It says in verse 28 so they drew near to the village to which they were going and he acted as if he was going further but they urged him strongly saying stay with us for it is towards evening and the day is now far spent they're like hey man listen we've been on this walk and you're starting to say some things to us that really make sense we don't want it to stop here so jesus is beginning to reveal truth to them and and he's beginning to reveal to them who he was through the scripture who he was through the word of god But they urged him strongly saying, stay with us for it is towards evening for the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. I mean, I'd have to stop right there. I mean, can you imagine you're you're like, Hey bud, you want to come over for dinner? Like, all right. And the guy takes a bite of a cracker and disappears. Like, I mean, I mean, think about like, he's like, you're like, do you like granola bars or do you like potato chips with uh, peanut butter? And uh, dude takes a bite of the peanut butter and disappears. So Jesus just did, he does that. And so, and he says, and broke it and gave it to them and their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. And in verse 22, they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? Pain has a way of hardening our hearts. And time has a way, if we let it, of allowing us to build up walls we can become less of who god called us to be we can kind of scoot back from our identity we can scoot back from the road that god's called us on and it's a it's a it's it's it starts out when you go through trauma or when you go through pain if you allow you know it might feel good or i i don't even know how to word it right it might the absence of the pain might seem like a good thing, right? Like when you're like, man, I've been going through that. I just want it to go away. And you shut that off, right? You shut your emotions off. And it can at first glance seem like this is a good thing. The problem with that is a lot of times if we don't get healing, we can leave that, that valve shut off. And when you shut off that pain, sometimes you can shut off the joy. You don't mean to, but it happens. And you can begin to shut off, now that you've done that, you can begin to shut off parts of your personality, parts of the giftings that God placed inside of you. We can begin to board up the rooms of our heart, say, you know, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. that. That is painful. That's too much for me. And we shut it off. And when I, every time I read this, they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road? while he opened to us the scriptures. You know, and, and um, I, I didn't, I wanted, I was thankful in, in many ways for the last sermon that I got to preach for so many reasons. Um, I was able to open up things inside of me that I had tried to walk away from and begin to feel again and begin to walk Jesus into the rooms of my heart and the rooms of my mind. It was be able to, I was, I was going to allow him to excavate my story. Allow him to come in and show me where I had seen things wrong. Begin to reveal to me the life and the life more abundantly, because again, the disciples were looking at a place of their, of what had happened where Jesus had died and that's how they seen it. And so they were focused on the death and they had no clue about the resurrection they didn't know that they, they called Jesus a man, but never once did you hear him say Jesus was the son of God. They said he was a great prophet. They didn't say he was the king of kings. They had only seen a part of the picture, right? And when we were going through that narrative that I showed you where that guy was running, you only seen part of the picture. You seen the bad side of it. You didn't see what he was doing to help those people. And these guys walking down the road, they had seen Jesus partially for who he was, but a partial truth can still be a complete lie. And Jesus comes in and he begins to show them through the scriptures, beginning with Moses, because in the Hebrew culture, they're reading the Torah. So he's showing them all of the revelation that God had placed inside the word that was always there. And I want to encourage you today, I want to encourage you that many of us are walking through things in life. And God is trying to reveal to us a different angle of our past. They say you can't change history and in, in, in history is set, right? It's like you, you can't change the past, but what you can change is how you see it. Not to say that you can, you want to create a lie from what you see. And obviously we don't, but God comes in and he can do things to begin to heal. And he says, Hey, look at it over here. And he begins to fellowship with us through our memories to bring us to the past in order to take us to the future where we're supposed to go. So he needed to take these disciples through history in order to bring them to the right place in the present, to bring them to the right place in the future. And, you know, being able to share that uh, sermon that I gave last time allowed me to do that. And so I I was like, thank you, Lord, that I I don't have to go too deep on this one. Um, You know, I I don't want to weigh the crowd down. But, you know, I do feel like the Lord, you know, is going to allow me to share just a little bit of um, a situation in order to help relate with people who are going through stuff. Because ultimately today's word, I feel like it's going to be freeing for people who have been holding on to things and holding on to struggles and you've been trying to navigate it and you have done everything in your strength to try to work through what you've gone through but oftentimes these cycles you get stuck in and I get stuck in we get stuck in where we continue to to go through them and and again Jesus comes in and he begins to real, reveal to us the truth and the life and the life more abundantly and you know I uh, my sister had passed away a couple months ago and I didn't I didn't realize it but in many ways, I had kind of gotten back in that same pattern of where I was viewing things just with a dim light, and I was really struggling uh, with, with her passing. And I had had a whole bunch of other uh, family members that had passed away, and I was just struggling with it. And um, I had begun to hear other people around me struggling um, with situations where people had passed away and relationships had been broken. And I didn't realize it, but I had kind of closed myself off to receiving what they were saying in order to help them go through what they were going through. And um, the Lord just really revealed to me, you know, through this story today that um, we we can't change what we've gone through. Like you can't change what you've gone through. And just, just one piece of advice, you don't have to be thankful for what you went through, but you can be thankful while you go through it. But you don't have to be thankful for what you went through. God doesn't want, you know, uh, and, and you know, this might sound really hard to say in words, but like, I don't believe God wants a woman to be thankful for being raped. But going, you know, after going through that, there is a place that a person can get through in their, through trauma where they can be thankful through their journey of healing because God is ultimately the healer. And God is ultimately the one that gives you perspective into life and life more abundantly. And so there's there's so many times where we feel like we're trapped because we feel like we have to feel a certain way or we have to perceive things a certain way, but each one of us has gone through something differently where God knows your story intimately. He knew these disciples' story intimately and he will bring correction when it's needed, but he's also gonna bring comfort. And I'm telling you that what you've gone through, you're going to be able to take that And you're going to be able to flip that from the tail to the head. And you're going to be able to turn that into the ministry to other people for their healing. And reading this and seeing this helped me to know that Jesus, even when we can't see him, he is there. Even when he doesn't reveal himself, he is there. And ultimately he is in control and he knows what he's doing. And when we get our eyes stuck on death, he ultimately has a vision of life that he's leading us into. And I know these are vague in general, but for each one of us, you know your story and Jesus knows your story. And we see in this right here that they go on in verse 36, which I wasn't going to go into, but it says they were talking about these things and Jesus and himself um, No, bear with me here. 33, and they rose at that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the 11 and those who were with them gathered together. So they got up and they went back to the church. And so what they went through, the Lord revealed to them, they were going to bring to the other body of believers saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he has known how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. And so you you are carrying something that you've gone through that Jesus is healing you through, that when you get around other people, they might not go through your exact situation. But even when you're in the middle of your mess, God is so good that while you're in the middle of your mess, it can be used in a way to help heal other people while they're in the middle of their mess. None of us have it right and the encouragement that I want to share today is that a lot of us we've got messes in different parts of our life. Certain parts of our life we might be successful in and we're doing very well and that's great and that's what we want to happen. But each one of us the the deeper that you dig, the more you realize there's some clutter and junk. Some of us, you know, we carry, you know, a lot of messes with us cuz we're going through it and the Lord can use you and bring, and you have value. And if you'll open your heart to him and open your life to him in the middle of it and not just shut off things, not shut off the emotions and the feelings. And when you're grieving and you're going through that pain, being able to get around wise counsel, whatever that looks like, whatever that, uh, whether it be wise counsel from friends or if it would be therapy, but being able to get around wise counsel that leads us to the truth um, and, then, and then being able to get around other people who are going through that, Jesus is going to be able to use that mess and turn it into something beautiful. Um, and the in the Word of God, you know, when I was going through what I was going through with my sisters passing and other people passing, um, I began to shut things off. And I didn't realize one of the things that I had shut off was just getting in the Word of God. I was on my road, and I was walking, and I was talking about everything, and I was, um, navigating into my mind, and I was dealing with it in the way that I could see it. And I had my perspective of what had happened. And I was starting to go really deep into my past about all the memories, you know, because you're going through mourning. You're mourning the, the death of someone. You're going, you're going through how that life is gone. And I was going through it, and I was dealing with it. And I, but I was starting to really begin to like pave in stone how I saw it. And, and the more that I paved it in stone, the more I was realizing, that, like, I'm starting to drift away from the word of God. I'm, I'm getting more infatuated with how I see things. I'm beginning to... Um become more intimate with my own ideas and thoughts, meaning that I was grabbing a hold of them as if they were the truth, and my pains and my hurt I was getting familiar with. Who here knows, anytime you go through something, it's very easy to get familiar with your pain, you know, and, and to like begin to lean on it and be like, well, I, I recognize that part of the story, and I'm just gonna stay there because I, I recognize it, even if it's not the truth or even if it's not healthy. And it, And it wasn't until... A few weeks ago, I was just, I really felt like the Lord saying like, Jake, I really need to do some resuscitation in your life with your relationship with me. And he's like, I want you to start getting in the word. And I immediately was like, that's just too simple. Like can meet in my mind was like, I, I wanted God to give me something grand, like, okay, we've got this great complicated thing we're going to do to do surgery on your heart and on your life. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be this big extravagant thing that we need to do. It's going to be a very big deal, Jake, because this is a very big problem. And to solve your very big problem, we need to do a very big thing. And that's what I thought. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, you just start by getting in my word. And my mind was, again, too simple. But obedience, obedience, friends, doesn't have to be a bad word. It can be life-giving. And the resuscitation began. And so I felt like the Lord was like, I mean, if you just want to open up the Bible, just open it up. And so I opened it up. And it's not that I had want to shut the Bible off. It's just I just didn't want to deal with it. You know, I just wanted to turn some happy, good music on. And I wanted to just go to work and do my job. And I wanted to go home. I wanted to just get my routine. I wanted things to be the way they were. But the Lord was showing me, you can walk down the road just like these disciples were. These disciples were walking down the road. They were going where they were supposed to go after Jesus's death. They were going back to the church, back to the group of believers. They were on the right road, but they were completely off, right? Their hearts were wrong. They they didn't understand that Jesus has been resurrected they didn't understand that they were dealing with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, that he was the son of God, not just a good prophet. And I was on the road. I'm going back to work and I'm going to church and I'm going to do my thing. And I'm going to just keep doing, I want things to go back to the way they were. And the Lord was like, Jake, just get in my word. So you can be on the right road and everything on the outside is still routine. And on the inside, everything is off and getting in the word of God began the resuscitation of my heart. And the Lord started revealed to me, son, you didn't realize this, but you had shut things off. You didn't realize this, Jake, but you know, you're, you start out one degree off and you're not very far off now, but you keep going. You're going to be miles off course. And I'm glad he caught a hold of me and he was gentle about it. He didn't say, oh, foolish one, but there's times he has. He's like, Jake, you knucklehead. And, uh, but he didn't say that. He was like, Jake, just get my word. And the resuscitation began to, to begin. All right, Lord, I'm going to get in Matthew today. And okay, Lord, you know what? I'm going to, you know what? Okay, I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to start reading some, um, some uh, devotionals. And then pretty soon it was like, okay, that's not bad. Like, that's encouraging. Okay, I can read that. Like, okay, God. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And then all of a sudden, here's the cool thing. When you get in the word of God, you'll start to see God synchronizing things in your life you'll start to hear what, I, what, what, what I've heard people say, the echo print. You'll start to see the, um, the echo of the Holy Spirit in your life where it's just like he begins to bounce his truth and is over here and over there. And what the disciples heard on the road is gonna match. The, so what Jesus told the disciples on the road, the truth that he shared with them is gonna match the truth that he shared with the church. And when Jesus shares something with you personally and it's the truth and you bring it to other people, and there in the truth it will echo there will be a peace that comes with it and so if you're ever off on your own and you're like man the Lord gave me this vision and you know and it's this crazy thing that you know that's completely off the Lord isn't going to give you truth that you believe is truth over here and it be different over here God is not a God of disorder. He's not going to say, yeah, well, I reserve this for you alone, Jake. And um, yeah, um, I'm going to, you know, one day you're going to be able to jump up and fly without an airplane. And uh, I go back to my friends. I'm like, hey, the Lord told me I'm going to be able to fly without an airplane. And uh, I just want you to know that because real quickly, I could run over that cliff and jump off. You know, like when God gives you truth, he's going to get you around people that are going to test that truth. And that can be scary, but that can be good. You, you want to be able to be in a place, again, remember I was saying, we were praying, Lord, would you give us, would you give us people in our lives and, and where we can receive truth from them, even if it's tough to hear? Because I can feel good about what I believe, but it could lead me in the wrong direction, even if I'm on the right road, right? I'm going, I'm going here, I'm going to church, I'm doing everything. So God had to get me in the Word. He had to show me the things that were off in my life, and then I needed to get around other believers, So I can hear, you know, correction and love. And um, I can hear, um, you know, affirmation if, you know, when I'm right. And he does that at the end of this where the disciples all come together and Jesus reveals himself. And God's revealing himself to you. He's revealing himself to the problems in your life. He's revealing himself to your family the prayers that you've been praying and the time that's gone by and the natural it might look like he's not speaking he doesn't hear i want you to keep pressing in but don't press in by yourself you know i will, keep getting in the word remember there's benefits to doing things alone there's benefits to doing things in small groups there's benefits to doing things in big groups each one has a benefit that God has built into us to receive. So we need to get revelation while we're alone. I'm not saying that God won't speak truth to you by yourself. He will. He'll give you revelation by yourself. But if He's given you true revelation, it's something you're going to be able to share with others. You're not going to. He, he'll never give you a revelation that's just for you. That it's just like this is mine. Everything that He gives, hear me out. It, yes, it will be a revelation for you. That'll ultimately. Be designed for fruit for others it's you are blessed to be a blessing it's it is the way it is god cannot he cannot give you something that is just for you that won't overflow into someone else's life because that's just the way life is you know it's just it it pours out so want to open this time up for an opportunity um, for prayer and prayer can be uncomfortable but prayer can also be extremely rewarding and it can be extremely refreshing and I'm just going to give anyone an opportunity if you'd like prayer to just raise your hand and if there's something you're going through you don't have to give all the details but if you would like someone just to pray over you We've got some people that would like to pray for you. Marcel's uh, gonna be over here playing the keys. Mr. Jazzy Fingers. If there's prayer that you would like to just receive a fresh revelation from God, if there's any, if, if you would allow us to pray for you to just have your heart opened up to a new, a new refreshing relationship with Jesus, We'd like to do that for you. And so if there is anyone in here that would like some prayer, we'd love to pray for you and take two or three minutes and you can just raise your hand. Someone will come over and they'll pray for you. If you need healing, if you've been going through something, maybe you have maybe you just have a, a, a leg that hurts or if you've gone through a situation in your life where someone has passed away or and you're needing, you know, just someone to come along and just speak a word of uh Affirmation. We'd love to do that. So we're going to open this time up um, for some prayer. And I know we don't normally do that, but I, I have a feeling that if anyone would like that, that God has a blessing for you and would love to share that now. And if not, that's okay. We will continue worship through the sermon and I will pray over you. We also will have a team here, Robert will be over here on the wall at the end. And if you'd like prayer in a more intimate way where you know, you're know you like, I don't wanna raise my hand in front of 15, 20, 25, 30 people, then we'll pray for you at the wall. And uh, we also have prayer cards, friends. I wanna let you know that the prayer cards, you can leave unanimously, anonymously, just write a prayer need if it's for yourself or for anyone else, we'd love to pray for you. There's power in prayer. Um, Father God, I wanna thank you so much for everyone that's in here. I want to thank you that you are not scared of our circumstances. I want to thank you, God, that you are a God that walks into our life, knowing that we don't see the full picture, God, knowing that we've been off, that we've been doing what looks right, Lord, and maybe there's things that we're doing where on the outside it appears that we're going down the right road, but Lord, we know that the only road that we should be on is the road that leads to you, Jesus. Lord Father, would you begin to do a, a work on our hearts, Father God, where you'd begin to reveal your truth to us? Lord, I pray that you'd begin to um, place us in situations, Lord, where we have opportunity to get into your written word, where we have opportunity, Lord, to fellowship with one another. Lord, I pray for ideas and creativity, Lord, throughout the week, for believers to find creative ways to have those in relational environments where we come together and we share life. If there's anyone, Lord, that's trying to do this alone, if there's any believers in here, any Christians, anyone on mission with you, Jesus, that has been trying to do this alone, Father God, would you reveal yourself to them now? And would you just gently nudge them into a group of believers that they can open up to and live life with? I believe there's going to be a great revival inside the corporate church, but I also, friends, I believe there's going to be a great revival. that's going to begin in the homes, in the coffee shops, on the sidewalks, where two or three are gathered in His name, and we're going to begin to see Jesus revive us beyond the walls of the church. We're going to begin to see signs and wonders in our communities. It's gonna be a different revival than you think. We're gonna see revival in the body of Christ where God shows up. But you're also gonna see revival out on the streets and neighborhoods. And I don't think it's gonna look like, you know, me just handing, and I'm not knocking anyone for doing this, but it's it's gonna go beyond me just handing a track to someone. It's gonna be, it's gonna be deep and refreshing. It's gonna be rooted deep in Jesus, where we live life among our among our neighbors. And he gets to begin to pour himself out in ways that we have been praying for. I'm excited about the strategies of God. And so, Lord, thank you so much. I pray a blessing over every single person today. In your name we pray, Jesus, amen. All right, friends. Well, that concludes our service today, and I hope you all have a great weekend. Thank you so much for listening to Keep The Main Thing, The Main Thing, a sermon resource provided by The Pines Church in Bangor, Maine. We'd love to hear from you. So leave us a review on this podcast. If you have any questions, visit thepineschurch.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.